Hey, you are now listening to DJ Pre, and I'm going to be interviewing DJ F Sharp and DJ On Point right after. So, 30 minutes each.、Uh, what can I say about DJ F Sharp? He is、uh, from Ontario,、uh, a Canadian DJ,、um, got the most beautiful face ever.、Uh, he goes by the name of Sam. Um, he's such a cool dude. You're going to, and you know what? The thing is, is that in this interview, we don't even really touch on all the stuff that、uh, Sam has done in his life. Like 30 minutes was just obviously not enough for anybody, but、um, I hope you can get a sense of who he is. He's such a, re- he's such a really cool individual, and、um, there's so much that I want to share with you about him, but. Um, let me know actually. You can actually leave a、uh, voice message to me.、Um, check out the link that is in the description box for、uh, this particular podcast and、uh, you know, drop a line. I would love to hear what,、uh, you know, any questions that you have for Sam. Maybe we can bring him in for another interview. Aside from that, if there is stuff that he says in here that really re- resonates with you, Or something that you feel is a pretty good、uh, piece of、uh, information, or、um, just something that would inspire somebody that you know that might get something out of this interview, please do not keep it to yourself. Please share the link.、Um, my podcast is all about community and connection. And if there's any way that,、uh, you know, what we could do, what I'd like to teach, anyways, in this podcast is to share resources if we can, when we can. Don't keep it to yourself, you know.、Um, you might be doing somebody a big favor by、um, giving them just、uh, the ability to have this piece of information. And、um, here we go. Let's go. Get them. Am I too dark here? I'm trying to turn these lights up. La la la. Do, 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 do. To interview DJ F Sharp. So we're going to head over there. Please stick around. He's a talented DJ. I'm sure he's got a lot of insight. He's been in the game for a while. And I'll be back at 5 o'clock with an interview with Free. Then we head over to Little Fever. And then I'll be back again at 6 o'clock for some music. So back and forth, back and forth, like me and Leah. Sorry, just listening to On Point there. I can hear it all. I'm really happy that both your channels are up and it's growing exponentially, I feel. And、um, giving away some responsibility is going to help me figure out how I can do that more for you guys and myself. So, yeah, right now I'm doing all the tactical stuff, which I think that I could really, you know, give away. <laughs> I think we're running here. We are running. Welcome, Raiders. Welcome, everyone. I am DJ Pri, and this is DJ F Sharp, but he also Sam. So, welcome. This is going to be an amazing interview.、Um, I want you guys to learn about Sam because he is a super cool dude.、Um, he and I met at a conference, and we have been buddies since and actually have done work together post、uh, conference. Yeah, which has been cool. Like in real life events, you know, him getting paid, and then like now on Twitch, right? And also in a different way, biddies and subscriptions and follows, and we're going to continue to grow that.、Um, I think、uh, you being on live stream is needed.、Um, this is a man that does straight up vinyl, man, and he does video, and it's truly an art. and、um, You are one of a kind. There's、oh. not many of you. <laughs>、oh, thank you. 
Yes, absolutely. So um, let's go with um, where are you from? How did you get the name F Sharp? Perhaps share about who you are and where you are in your business. Uh, I was born in Toronto in 75 and grew up all around Toronto. So I grew up uh, listening to radio in Toronto. So all the college radio stations, CFNY, and making press pause tapes was probably my intro into DJing. But yeah, I was more acting and uh, musical theater growing up. And it wasn't until I went to CKCU in Ottawa when I was 18 in 94, 95. And Trevor Walker there was the guy who really showed me how to beat match. He had three different shows at the time, which really blew my mind. And uh, Lance Baptiste, for all my Ottawa people, uh, he was at CKCU for a long time. He gave me my first gig when somebody didn't show up for the overnighter. So my first gig was playing two till seven in the morning. And I didn't care. I had an exam the next day. And then I was just there for a year and I came to Toronto and I've basically been in Toronto for 25 years, part of the hip hop scene, rave scene, playing in bands, growing my hair long as yours, Pre. And no way. Oh, Mine's yeah, pretty long cool. though. Look at this. Oh, yeah. No, I had it down to my belt. I had, I had it longer actually. But, and then, yeah. Um, so I've, I've been done a lot of different things with, with AV working in film as a boom op, but uh, it's, I've been a DJ full time for 15 years since I left. Long McQuaid, which was get like getting paid to go to a music store and uh, yeah, playing records. And uh, the rave scene was really big in Toronto. So it was kind of hip hop and rave were kind of blowing up in the 90s, 2000s when I was starting to take DJing more seriously and bands less seriously. DJ, yeah, that's right. DJ on point, Trevor and Lance, they, they opened the door for me big time um, and gave me an opportunity. Uh, so shout out college radio, community radio, and uh, support your local stations because that was my Twitch. That was before the internet they what was so cool about ckcu if you go there is it's the oldest canadian community radio station so they have the biggest record collection or they did at the time so they'd have records from like a to z kind of like what i do under under here just records incredible <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> they had uh on train tracks so they could only fit so many in there so you'd have to put your shoulder in to go find the frank zappa to push the whole collection over on rollers over to uh to get to the z section um but yeah there's i don't know I've, i'm very lucky to be doing what i do and still able to somehow translate what we're doing here on twitch into selling virtual shows for people uh, for companies and stuff like that so yeah very smart um when you shared that with me that is what everybody should be doing you know um incorporating this into your business somehow for future yeah, I was lucky. I got uh, Julius Solaris is this guy who I, I I did like sometimes you do free events and then it leads to something else. So I did one for Canadian Special Events Magazine. They're like a huge, uh, tr uh, I guess they usually would do it in Toronto, but sometimes out west. Um, but all the event pros would come and then I would DJ some of the shows and MC some sections. And I got to meet Julius Solaris and he runs Event MD. Uh, event manager blog it's like huge in the states and they had me on a show because they'd seen he'd just seen me warming up i think for one of the raid trains i'd usually just do something on facebook uh and then take the music down to say hey come find us over here um yeah and then he wanted me to do it i did it just for free it was just two five minute sections but thousands of people saw it and i got a bunch of leads out of it and yeah i've sold a couple shows the last little while out of it sometimes they yeah they don't have the craziest budget but sometimes like you know eight nine hundred bucks us goes a long way up here in collingwood yeah and uh yeah so thanks for having me on because it, it is leading to other stuff and it's helping me really see the light at the end of the tunnel yes thank you for sharing that thank you for sharing that that is exactly what i wanted to hear and i didn't i didn't pay him he said that on his own 
<laughs> but yeah, all these like small, but not small, but big things that lead into bigger things. That's, you know, seeing this as an opportunity just outside of Twitch too. Um, DJ People Move, when did you work at Long and McQuaid? Uh, that was 2001 till 2004. So I did almost four years there from, and uh, it was great because I was in PA rentals for about a year and a half. And then I moved over keyboards when it was like the biggest keyboard department in North America. And we were selling apples and Macs. So I got uh, to learn about recording software. And that's when soft synths and drum machines, like all that native instrument stuff came out. And all the old Akai and all the old samplers that made hip hop and house music were coming back in with almost like a zero chopped off the price. So samplers that were two to five grand were coming in for like two to 500 bucks. Um, so I became... They actually let me put on my card MPCologist. So ah, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Like, these machines, you know, the sampling drum machines by Akai, those are my my thing. Anyway, so I instead of having to deal with all the moms and pops with their kids and the piano, I was able to deal with more some of the, you know, my heroes that that needed a new screen or the extra effects or and hard drive in their their samplers. So it's fun even when you work for a place like that if you have the right attitude and can get in the right department, it's like getting paid to go to school. Uh, they loan you gear. Um, oh, a Ure and a Bozak decade. Whoa, respect brother. Um, yeah, they loan, they loan you gear because they want you to learn. And you know, every month or so you'd go to Roland or Yamaha and a bunch of my friends that worked there with me ended up going and working for Yamaha and other companies and then going to the States and be more product, uh, product specialists, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you know, self-employment's awesome, but sometimes you get a great job. And, and if you if you have the right mental attitude in, in a place like that, it's it's like a musical bank. But then, you know, then then, then you're dealing with like some Card Cardinal comes in and buys a synth off you and you're like, what? What up? <laughs> that happened. That happened. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like Kim Mitchell is like it's funny is the B-listers were the ones you had to watch out for because the big celebrities like Kim Mitchell had come in and he'd he'd be wearing a hat and like hide not not want to talk to nobody. But then you get somebody, I'll, I'll, let, I'll leave their names out of it, but let's say they had a music video out, but you could tell they weren't paid and they'd, they'd be puffing their chest and acting. The big ones would try to slip in and out. It was the ones that were on their way up that had put in a lot of work, but hadn't, you know, their mom wasn't driving a Mercedes yet, if you know what I mean. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, but any job, you know, if you have the right attitude, you can learn a lot at it. And that's what's great about self-employment is, you know, even in 2020, Twitch has been a way for me to, you know, we can drive this self-employment wherever you want it to go. And you're, you're the principal and the janitor and the teacher and the student and all of it all at once. And so if, you know, if you just have an open mind and, and especially with YouTube now, like the, 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 and you know, the work we had to do to volunteer, get your foot in a door of somewhere to have a chance to learn from or mentor with somebody. Now you don't need a, you just need an internet connection and a phone and you can, you've got a unlimited university if you can stay off your Facebook feed. Oh yeah, 100%. Um, I feel that uh, I, I really want to share like more about your mindset because you are one of the most uh, open people and you know, no ego, I feel. And you have done uh, certain kind of experiences that uh, you have gotten you to like a different level of like seeing stuff. And I don't know if you want to share that or um, just because I feel that, you know, um, to get there is a gradual, you oh, know, yeah. uh, journey. So how did you, when did you realize? And then when you look back to like now and wow, had you not shifted the way that you saw and 
um, experienced things that it would have made you a different person. I think just being open and grateful for every opportunity you have, because sometimes you'll get something you're like, ah, it's not exactly what I want, but you're like, it's kind of cool. You know, I, I make, I make a good day rate at it. So, uh, I guess like back to the, like the rave scene in Toronto, I used to be the hip hop guy opening up for all the drum and bass guys. And I'm like, Oh, I wish I could, that music's so complicated, but I, I like my hip hop. It's half the tempo. They love me. I warm up the room and then I don't want to play, go on at four in the morning. But then through that, I met my buddy, Zach Rogers, and he became a boom operator for Canadian TV shows. And so through that, I became a sound assistant. I wasn't even the boom operator, just I'm pulling the cable. And the, but then sometimes I'm hanging out with like, you know, some famous Canadian celebrities. And I'm really understanding the etiquette of how you act on set, which really elevated my professionalism. And I did that for a number of years until I finally was the boom operator. And uh, I don't want to work that hard on film, like maybe on the last day, DJ in the rap party. Um, but then uh, because that happened, the uh, NDP used the film union as their AV team. So I started getting to do sound for Olivia Chow and Jack Layton, like even with the Stanley Cup. And, and that was like really cool. I was like learning how to do basically what we're doing here, which is filming something, three-point lighting, don't let the flag touch the ground, perfect tape jobs to get the tape and the microphones and just making it look amazing um, and getting some some good pay doing some fun stuff. But it wasn't what I wanted to do, but I learned some great skills on that. And then the guy that I was doing that with uh, ended up getting the gig for Fashion Week. So then in 2009, I was going through Teachers College. I was nearly done. Um, and reading week came up and I was so broke and I somehow got the gig for right when reading week happened and my when I was learning to be a kindergarten grade six teacher, which helped the professionalism as well. Um, I got to do fashion week and, and, you know, I was still a single guy at the time. It was kind of fun to be in that environment. And then I did it for, I think about 11 out of the 12 seasons. I was like the main fashion week DJ, DJing like up to 30 fashion shows and after parties and, um, yeah, it was lots of fun. So there'd be two seasons a year cause you get fall, winter and spring, summer. Um, yeah. And that was sometimes I'm playing for 1200 people, like introducing the prime minister's wife. So they're like, Sam, say something, play something. I'm like, you gotta give me a script. <laughs> like, sure. Which one play some? So, you know, sometimes even at the highest level, you'd see stuff fall apart. So it just made me want to become more evolved. And hence that's my company's name is like always trying to raise the bar spend the time to get to know them and really understand what people want. Um, I guess, understand how they want people to feel. So after we went to DJ Pri's awesome party, Pri said that she wanted out of their mouths, the words to be awesome, fun, exciting or whatever. So that every time I'm playing a song, I'm thinking awesome, fun, exciting. And I'm, I'm keeping the goal of the client in mind. Um, yeah, but I guess keeping your mind open and, and always trying to learn, you know, sometimes DJs can get really, uh, you know, snobby or thinking they're better than one another, but be kind to everybody because you don't know where you're starting or where you're going to finish. And the person coming up might seem whack to you right now, but in five, 10 years, they might be booking you at the club and they'll remember like all you have is the way you make make people feel like that is your brand. Um, so having an open mind, being kind to everybody um, is going to lead to a lot of opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And you have, uh, you run a multi-op. Where, when, how did you get from a single op to a multi-op? When did you make that decision? I guess it's a demand is that people start wanting to book you for five or 10 shows in a month and they're all on the same bloody day. <laughs> yeah. So I can still help those people. Like when people don't book me, I know it's usually because of price because I want to put more energy into it than what they realize is should be put into it. And they want an average price for an average show because they just don't know 
they don't they won't know till afterwards if, if they've made the wrong choice right um so i still wanted to help those people i i did train with wpic which is like a wedding certification group here in canada uh, just to learn more about the event planning side of it and so sometimes i like helping the people style their event with them but then not actually be there on the day um and obviously you know as a as a dad now i i've wanted to get to a place where i charge twice as much and work half as many shows and so i have and i you know my shows are usually like three four five grand to go and dj um so i only need to sell about 20 of those a year for me to make 100 grand and then the con the company does like another 100 putting other djs on other shows so we're not a big company we gross about 200 grand i might keep a quarter of that at the end of the year after a tax man and everybody to feed the family but um yeah we get up to doing five or six djs on on some days at five or six locations weddings and corporate and everything so yeah. yes so let's talk about like the business side um i we had a brief conversation about you know when you are going moving from uh self-employed to uh getting into incorporated and setting aside money for taxes and other overhead that is my biggest weakness i gotta say i was i had a business partner or two of them uh and it didn't go so well they basically just lost the energy and um and they weren't into it so i did lose money picking business partners and if you ever do such a thing it can be written on a napkin but it's got to be a bit uh, you know when this business succeeds i'm going to get i'm going to put in this but i'm going to get that out you're going to put in this you get that out but when it fails we've got to plan that it went when it fails no matter how it fails i get this out and you get that out so i never incorporated yet that's one thing that i uh i could have or should have done especially now to protect my family um yeah, I'm good at keeping the receipts, but adding it all up and uh, and squirreling all the money away has not been my forte. Uh, I, I'm more the one to go out there and like do the show and get everybody excited and sell the big ticket items. And I always had like an I've had an office manager the last seven years that basically does most of the emails and you know and uh, all the back end that I'm I could do, but it's not the best use of my time. Mm-hmm. Hear mm -hmm. you on that. Uh, DJ Decade asks, so do you only do weddings and corporate gigs? Or do you do bars, clubs, and restaurants as well? Anywhere, everywhere. I've, I even have done mitzvahs and sweet 16s, although even though they want stripper music, you're like, mom, is that okay? Yeah, sure, okay. Here's your four letter words that sweet little Amy wants. <laughs> sure. Uh, I focus on I focus on corporate and weddings and wax candy disco was our uh our friday night at the piston before this all happened we had a good night it was you know we'd get 150 200 people out every week and uh for me for a club dj to split it with somebody else and get 400 bucks for a friday night every week was great i was able to to keep buying the records i love and uh really good vibe in this room it's right next it's funny enough it's right next to the door to long mcquade which was the last ever job i had so it was so liberating to go back in there and make more money in one night than I made there all bloody week. Oh man, how did yeah. you, cause you were there for five years. Was it, uh, and I'm sure that you were tight with everybody there or was it just, you know, how did it feel when you gave them your two weeks notice and bye-bye? <laughs> oh yeah, they, well, they, they wouldn't give me part-time for the longest time. Cause I, you know, I wanted the security of like, if I'm gonna go self-employed, this was like 2004. So like SARS had hit and we're still rebounding like oh can i do it well i'll ask for part-time they wouldn't give it to me I, even though i was like top three of sales all the time and they wouldn't give it to me okay here's a month's notice oh you can have part-time anytime you want no no you got here's the month's notice there you go no no we'll give you part-time too too bad here you go and then i called up all my friends like come on down to the store sam's crazy deals end soon and i i hooked up all my friends with uh 
best pricing I could because uh, what are they going to do? Fire me? Yeah, totally, right? <laughs> Loan and persuade. God love them. Is there a high turnover at Long and McQuaid? I don't, I don't know. Um, they, I, I know why they want to have full timers because you are basically in a musical bank where there's millions of dollars of equipment and there has been some problems with staff skimming or different things going on or people getting caught. Uh, not very frequently, but there's been one or two here or there. Um, so I'm sure they want to have you on as full time when you've proven yourself over five, 10 years, whatever, they'll let you do part time. So they don't, they're not looking for part time staff per se. Uh, I think they take on high school co-op placements as well. Mm -hmm. uh, people move. We need to talk more stories we can share. Yeah, Any, most definitely. <laughs> anytime, brother. Give me myself. Give me a call. I'll always love hearing DJ's stories of how they started. And what I was, what I wanted to say too, just about the open mindedness and being open with other DJs, even if you think you're, you're crushing it and somebody else is never going to make it like just warm up your heart and talk to them. Cause if they're getting booked for gigs, they might rock at something that you suck at. Like even the worst DJ in the world, if they're getting booked for something, they're probably like crushing their Instagram or crushing their customer service, or maybe they send gifts to their, like everybody is doing something better than you, no matter how crap you think they look from the outside. So um, the CPDGA has been great for that. I used to be the Toronto leader for that. And then I did their social media program and built up their Instagram and Twitter. And I really scoured Canada and much of the world for everybody who claimed to be a DJ online and just followed everybody and then grew our uh, channel there um, just so that people would even know that we existed. Um, but they've really tried to foster an idea of coopetition or, you know, just being cooperative with one another um, and they have monthly video chats. So uh, if you're on Instagram, check out at Canadian pro DJ, that was the account that I built up and passed on. Um, but they also have a private Facebook group where you have to be Canadian, but you don't have to be a member and you can, uh, you know, like even if you got stuck in the snow or you you lost a cable or you're stuck, like it's really like a family brotherhood, sisterhood there. So, uh, so yeah, check it out. CPDGA, they're good, good people. And that's where uh, I found out about DJ Collective and stuff. So through that, you know, going to Mobile Beat, going to Canadian DJ Show, going to Las Vegas DJ Show, Midwest, and then DJ Collective, I found about through going to CPDGA for insurance and licensing. But then through that, found out about education, went to DJ Collective and met this awesome lady. Aww, you're so sweet. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy that I met you. And I just feel that, you know, with conferences and um, doing that extra stretch of education in your um, business, it's also a, um, you know, a professional development. Uh, you have to really be into wanting to improve yourself to make yourself want to go and tend these things. Because not everybody does it in their business, you know, like, again, I think in an interview yesterday, you have DJ A, DJ B, but even though they're both DJs, don't they don't really share the same type of work ethic or um, skill wise or anything. Some things can be taught, but the main things are you know um, stick to itiveness and um, being positive when you screw up <laughs> and not um, judging people. You know, um, it's really easy to do that because it's a insecurity issue. You know, um, somebody is always going to be better than you. It's okay. Because you're going to be really much better than somebody else on something else. But, you know, flexing is great, but um, to a degree. <laughs> yeah, DJ, the Canadian DJ has taken over. Yeah, I guess Canadians have always been good at telecommunications, right? Small population, big country. 
Yeah, I would have loved to get down to DJ Collective and see you there. Uh, I was ready to road trip down to uh, North Carolina this month, but drive past all the dumpster fires and record shops, and uh, but it's not not to happen, I guess. So, what impact will Twitch have in your business or your life in the next twelve months? Twelve months. I don't know about twelve months. I'm looking maybe twelve hours or twelve days with the two kids. Um, it's been it's been great. I was I was amazed that I got the affiliates uh, so quickly with all you, your guys' help. Um, I have my Evolve channel. I might try to do that with, but I think I would just focus on trying to do, go partner on this one. I don't know how much multi-oping I'm going to do until I can see that events. So I'd probably just focus on myself as a performer for now. And that's why uh, the wax candy thing, we're just putting that down for now. Mark's still streaming on there on Friday. So our club night's kind of dead in the water, um, obviously, with us uh, taking step backs here in Ontario as well. Um, but 12 months, I don't know. I think just trying to get a better camera, maybe different lighting. I'm trying to learn more about OBS and getting the stream elements in there. Um, be more active checking out other people's twitches to see what they're doing that's working well I, I do spend a fair bit of time checking out everybody else um yeah there's there's, there's so much to learn right like it, it's funny that this twitch is is like culminating all the different things i've done in entertainment from stand-up comedy to theater to lighting to sound to you know even like costumes and what you wear there's like it, it is like you feel like I feel like an octopus doing this and we could we could do a stream like this with a whole film crew here like coming in like oh finals on the hair and like you know like you know coming out with a lint roller and like somebody just checking oh there's a goofy shadow there on the thing or like it's it is a film set so you are you are getting compared to the best it's like when you post on instagram you're getting compared to the best photograph that was ever taken when you touch a microphone you're getting compared to the funniest person that ever the most commanding mc that ever spoke when you're on the decks you're getting compared to the best that ever rocked it from jazzy jeff to jeff mills to whoever you name like you actually are subconsciously people ah he's not that hot he's good for canada but DJ Irv, what's up, man? Thank you for the bits. Thank you for the bits. Thank you for the bits. What would you say to someone considering joining Twitch but is on the fence right now? Uh, just be brave and do it. You get stage fright. I know I had it. Um, it's really lonely when you've only got nobody watching. <laughs> um, but just keep doing it and just look at it like going to the gym or working out or you'd be at home practicing anyway. If you love DJing, if you really do love it, just do it online. It doesn't have to be Twitch. It could be Mixcloud. I use Restream to, to send it to both. Although, even though I have like, I don't know, like 800 something followers on Mixcloud, it still feels like shouting into the vacuum of space over there. Um, I don't know if, if I'm doing something right on Mixcloud or not. Um, and I've noticed that even on Twitch, sometimes people have a thousand, two thousand followers and there's like three people watching. And you're like, what? Is it consistency? Is it you're building an audience that just like they would go to a club night that they're coming to you for reggae on Wednesday mornings or whatever? Like, they know what they're going to get, what flavor, and when. And you got to have that stick with itness. Stick with itness. Mm -hmm. Yes, most yeah. definitely. Um, I We are just waiting for DJ On Point to get on, but I want to ask you a question here. Is there any question that I haven't asked you um, that maybe you want to share about yourself to everyone that we don't know about? Uh, no, I. 
I just try to be a lifelong st- student. And so that's why I started presenting at the the DJ shows was to kind of uh, squash any haterade and just to give away all my secrets because some people in my industry in my, in Toronto would go, Oh wow. You charge so much. You guys like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, here, I'll tell you everything. Cause if I give away all my secrets, I'll have to come up with new ones. So I spoke for a while, but then realized I just didn't really have the money side of the business together where I make enough that I exist, but everybody's going, Oh, you're so successful, but I'm not, I'm just renting this house. Like I'm not, I'm not crushing it. So I still have like so much to learn. Um, but by being somebody who's being open and giving away information, I had a lot of people um, sharing with me. So by being open, it came back to me many times over. Um, Cause I'm like, Oh, I would, I'd love to go speak at like mobile beat. I'll have to work my way up. So we did CDJ show a couple times and then I drove to Milwaukee and did Midwest show. But through that, I've started meeting like my heroes and they're treating me like a peer because I've also been up, I've taken the plunge to put myself up there and share stuff with them. And, you know, guys like Bill Herman or, um, or, uh, you just other people that you look up to are like, wow, I actually learned, you know, that was really cool. I liked what you did. And then like, whoa, you thought that like, that really makes you want to be more open and share more and learn more to have more to give to others, you know? I think, yeah, I think uh, if you do more, just, uh, not expecting, anything in return you're actually going to get more in return totally yeah you gotta <laughs> you get out what you put in right oh there he is dj on point decade uh i started as a hip-hop guy but funk soul disco boogie i like the more four on the floor stuff um these days i'm, I'm a big reggae guy too I, I ran a reggae label for a while so i love my reggae and dance hall but on point good oh. to see you man Yo, 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 yo. Welcome, welcome. Okay, so we're going to end it with uh, Sam here. Uh, Like I said, there is a link that I made for each uh, artist and talent um, that I am interviewing. And uh, go in there. Let us know what you loved about the interview, what you'd love to see Sam produce uh, and put on the shows. Because he's got a couple of like uh, Twitch accounts. He's got um, Wax Candy Disco as well as DJ F Sharp. And um, yes, go follow him on there, watch his shows, anything that you want to put on there because Sam would really love to know, uh, you know, how he can best serve you. So go in there, drop a line, uh, let him know how much love that you've got for him and what you'd like to see him do. And with that, thank you so much, Sam, for sharing so much with us. And I'm going to interview you again because uh, there's, I just, you know skimming the surface here <laughs> thank you very much pri i'm gonna go take my kid to taekwondo now on point much respect love you guys peace out Mwah. peace out see you man all right now that we have just finished uh talking um what did you think about the interview did you love sam or what Like I said before, if this is something that you feel that somebody could really benefit from, please do not refrain from sharing the link. Share this link uh, to somebody that you know that's going to benefit from this conversation. Um, And if there's anything that you'd like to uh, drop down as a little note or question, please do so. There's a link in the description box of this particular podcast. Um, Tell us what you liked, what you don't like, what you want to know more about. In regards to Sam, let me know. And now we're moving on to DJ On Point, who is another amazing Canadian DJ um, hailing from Ottawa, 
Canada, Ottawa, Ontario, and what can I say about DJ On Point? Uh, also known as JT, he is absolutely on point uh, with everything. Um, I love the way he uh, carries a conversation. I love his insight and everything that he's like, every kind of perspective. Uh, he's such a really cool, multifaceted guy and um, theater actor, which is something that we didn't get to talk about on this interview. Hopefully, I can bring him in in the future again so then we can talk about that component of his life. Um, but yeah, he has just, uh, he has shown me in the short period of time that we've known each other, um, that he's just such a good human being. Another one of my favorite human beings, um, a real genuine, authentic person. And, um, I, I could go on about him, but this is going to be forever. So hopefully you enjoy this interview as well. And, um, yeah, uh, again, thank you for listening in and I'll leave it at that. Hello, hello, DJ On Point. Wow. Hello, studio audience. How are you? Good to see you. <laughs> thank you. So, so many people here. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Hi. Uh, am I coming in hot? I didn't have time to transfer all my stuff over, so I, I haven't really got the settings. I have you over here and a camera over here, but uh, can everybody hear? I can hear you well. Okay. <laughs> piping canned laughter or priest laughter <laughs> that's for everybody uh so dj on point how did you get dj on point you also have um your company called rhythm force mm -hmm. share about who you are and where you are at in purposes okay uh great let's start off with a half hour answer in a half hour interview thanks um wow okay so kind of different things i guess like dj on point that name didn't come for a while um I got into DJing when I was uh, 14 or 15 and it was um, it kind of came about because I wasn't really good at playing instruments <laughs> and um, I wasn't a musician, but I always loved music and I always had an affinity for DJing. Like I saw my first DJ when I was five in a neighborhood block party and I just remember that always sticking in my mind and around that time in my life I was I was really getting into hip hop music um, and really getting into Jazzy Jeff. So that started influencing kind of the direction I wanted to go in. So, I mean, like, I don't know if this is like a standard humble beginning for everybody, but like for me, it was uh, I saved up as much money as I could. Uh, we weren't very well off. So went to a pawn shop, got a crappy mixer, um, used a home turntable, a home cassette deck, a home CD player, and just practice mixing back and forth with that. Um, and the big thing was, uh, I was very involved on my student council. So I booked our DJ for like our dances and our student events and everything like that. And that DJ is actually the owner of the company that I co run with him now. And he's now my best friend. Um, so at that time, like he was, he was 25, 26. I was 15, 16, somewhere around there. Um, and we would just talk music a lot. Um, and he he kind of threw at me one day. He was like, you know, the day you graduate from high school, call me. You got a job. Um, and I was like, oh, that's that's kind of weird. Like so throughout high school, I still messed around on my own in my bedroom, like practicing. I did a couple of free events for other high schools and stuff like that. 
And then on a whim, like the day after I graduated high school, um, I called him and I was like, hey, you said you'd give me a job one day. And he's like, when do you want to start? I was like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, he was like, great, come with me tomorrow. I'll be in Ottawa. And I was like, oh, cool. Um, so that happened. So that company is Rhythm Force. And then shortly after I went to Toronto for a while, I'm also an actor um, and was doing my thing there. And then I came back to Ottawa and he was like, well, why don't you just start an Ottawa branch of the company? And that's what happened. So that was uh, 17, 16, 17 years ago now. Um, and I've been a full-time DJ until COVID. That is awesome. And how do you balance being an actor and being a DJ? Yeah, that's a very good question. It's it's quite difficult, actually. So um, because obviously we work the same hours. Um, well, we're, we're a multi-op, right? So could always balance what staff are going where and what times I could take off from actually being at events. Um, so I don't know, I guess it was just effective scheduling and really planning like when I was going to perform in shows. So, uh, I'm a, I'm a stage actor. I'm not a film actor. So we're talking like a few weeks rehearsal, a few weeks on the stage of run. So I have to be committed to over a month to two months of not DJing. So the wise thing to do was to make myself an actor more in the winter months and, and focus more on acting in, in summer. Wait, what did I just say? Uh, focus on acting in winter months, focus on DJing in summer, spring and summer months. Um, but yeah, having the staff was always that benefit that I, I could take some time here and there to, to focus on the shows and my acting. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And before deciding to join Twitch, what was your biggest skepticism or hesitation? Um, I didn't, I wasn't skeptic of it. Uh, I really wasn't skeptic of it at all. I think my hesitation was a bit of a, a fear of the unknown. Um, I, I'm not a social media guy, let alone a live streaming guy. It's just, it's a technology that I didn't understand fully. Um, but I don't, I don't think I hesitated so much because I didn't know of Twitch. So like, basically what happened with me was, um, we, in Ontario, we got the shutdowns from COVID on that Friday in March. I forget what the date was. And my wife, uh, she works for the children's hospital. So it was, it was just a no brainer to us. It's like, okay, we're heading into isolation. This is, or at least I'm heading into isolation because you're in the hospitals every day. Right. So, uh, that happened on a Friday. I spent that weekend researching charities that, that could benefit during this time of COVID without knowing really what the end game was. And that Monday, I started running a charity fundraising event on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, so that was my intro into streaming. Uh, but, you know, with Facebook and Instagram, it was super easy. You could just set up your phone and, and do it. And that lasted for a couple of weeks when a friend who's a gamer got in contact with me and was like, hey, you know, Twitch is a thing. And I'm like, no, I don't know what Twitch is. And she explained the whole thing to me. Uh, so I checked it out a bit, uh, but I did get a, a little intimidated by the people who had already figured it out, even though it was early on, you know, you start to see graphics going and I was like, whoa, whoa, that's, that's too much for me. Um, I ended up giving in and, and building up what I could to work on Twitch just because I was getting frustrated with the shutdowns on Facebook and Instagram all the time. So for me, I was really lucky that I had a good following on Facebook and Instagram, um, a much better following than I even have now on Twitch. Like they were, 
they were constantly in my streams and I'm super lucky that they were very generous with their tips and donations. So I just committed at that point. I'm like, look, I want to try this Twitch thing because I don't want you to be constantly tuning in and getting shut out of it. And then we have to wait till I go back live. So here's kind of what I need to make that happen. And to this day, I can say I haven't paid out of my own pocket for any of the upgrades that I needed to make Twitch work. Like 100% of it has come from very generous followers. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, so I don't, I don't know if that answers the question. I wasn't hesitant. I was a bit afraid. But the second I knew it was a possibility, I'm like, let's just do this. Does that work? Good answer? Bad answer? Great answer. Okay. I think that's a great answer. Yes, absolutely. And so what specific nugget or takeaway that you've pulled from Twitch has impacted your income or impacted your life? You kind of already answered that, uh, you know, you've, uh, the, with the bits and uh, subscriptions has paid for you to uh, upgrade your live stream game. Correct? I think that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most, most of that that came to upgrade my stuff was actually more through the Facebook and Instagram donations. And a bit when I started on Twitch, like I still had a, an e-transfer link where you could help out. Um, and I would always show people afterward. I'm like, thank you so much for your donation. This is exactly what you paid for. Um, like, I mean, my iRig was paid for in one donation. Like a person was just like, what do you need to make your audio work? And I was like this. And they're like, how much does it cost? I'm like Canadian 250 bucks. So like, here you go kind of thing. Right. So, um, in that way, I've been lucky. I'm not making any money on, on Twitch. I'm not going to make any money. That's sort of the commitment I've made to all of my followers. I'm very blessed to have other lines of work right now where I have an income. So anything you send my way is just me putting into the product to make sure that I can make it better for you all the time. The other thing that, uh, uh, it's helped with is I was doing with Mel, actually, he was on it too. We did a, a fundraiser for somebody seeking a live kidney donor. So I took some of the donations I've received and then paid that forward to them. Right. So I matched everything that we got in subscriptions bits that day. And I'm like, Hey, I've been getting these donations. Let's just match it. I wasn't going to profit off that anyhow. So that's a good thing. Um, mm -hmm. How it's impacted my life. I mean, Quite simply, it's just so great to see how many amazing DJs there are in this world. Like, I think we all knew that we being a, like an amazing DJ myself or whatever, like being good DJs ourselves. We we know that there are others out there that just aren't celebrities for whatever reason in life that's out of their control. Um, so just having the platform to to meet people like Decade, to meet people like Mel and and Sam and I, people move, even though we're in the same city. Like, I, I don't want to start listing people because I'll forget. But all of you, it's just pre you. Um, it's been just a blessing to see how many great DJs there are out there and how we can connect more post this. That's probably been the biggest impact to me and an opportunity to still practice my craft and keep my mental health sane. Oh, big time. And what impact will Twitch have in your business or your life in the next 12 months? I don't know. I don't know. I'm still not at the point where I think of it as a business strategy. Um, I think like all of us and running a multi-op uh, mobile DJ business, 
we lost all of our clients for the rest of the year. Um, and none of them for me personally rebooked to 2021. They all rebooked to 2022 or just flat out canceled. So I was in a very, uh, me and Rahul, the, my, my co-owner, like together, we, it's the first time in, in our history of the business where we were legitimately scared. Um, we shut down a bit um, and we didn't know what to, what to do moving forward. So now that Twitch is here and I've been using it a bit and seeing the potential from it, I'm just more at the point of accepting that as a lifestyle option and maybe a potential to do shows with you guys in the future. Like, I mean, DJ Marco from Philly is a guy I've met and really like, and already we're talking about, you know, when this is over, we're going to do a Prince versus Michael set either here in Philly or in Ottawa and stuff like that. So I think that's a, a really good thing. But as far as how it's going to relate into my business and help growth with that, I haven't processed that yet or really created a plan. And that's okay. Um, and you were talking about the mental health. How has this helped you? Uh, yeah. Let me think on that. Um, Thank you for following DJT Green. Um, hey, Dame Karen. Um I guess, I guess because, um, I, uh, like I was saying before, you know, I've been lucky in the last couple of years to be able to, to transition into other work from my acting world. Like I, I'm a GM of a theater company right now and I got that job during COVID. So I'm, I'm super happy about that. But, you know, between DJing and on stage acting, that's, that's what I do. Um, so it was it was really hard to accept that that could be all over. Like, and I, that may be like an extreme way of thinking about it, but like as actors in rehearsals, when we're developing characters, we always say raise the stakes to make sure that our performance can be better. Or like, how far can this character go before I have to know to temper it and bring it to a realistic perspective? So I kind of operate in my life that way. And when this all happened, like I was just, I was scared. I thought the company was done that I wasn't going to have an income. I wasn't going to be able to perform on stage or anything like that. So even though I was still doing some live streaming, it wasn't providing me with the, with the um, fulfillment that I had before. There still wasn't a live crowd. I'm still not used to like this camera and being like, okay, what are they saying? Okay. Does this mean they like it? Or does this mean no stop? Like anything like that. Um, so I guess I was, I was sort of bringing myself down that it wasn't, truly going to be the the end result that I wanted it to be. I've come back from that a bit. Like the other thing that COVID has done for me is make me realize that I've been working nonstop for 20 years of my life. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to chill and relax and say, you know, fuck this. I don't need to do this today. Um, so that I think I got really hard into Twitch and then I needed to back off again because I found how it's improved my mental health. It's made me realize that there's still a connection with people and that we can still grow as a community and that people can learn about DJ culture more, which I think is just so important. And that would take a whole nother talk between us. Um, but it's it's okay to step back from it a bit and just relax yourself. So it's it's really just about finding a balance and everything. How do you recharge? Because being a DJ, you are putting so much of yourself out there. And you are one person, you're controlling this room full of people. And I like to call us mood managers because we are, 
we got to make sure that everybody's all right. And for myself, I can see that some people are not okay, but I got to figure out how I'm going to make them okay. But there are just some people that are not okay. And then, you know, I feel that and I'm still having to, well, you can uh, relate, right? You're an actor. So you have to put yourself in this new uh, body of person and that's what you got to bring out and sometimes you are not okay but you have to bring it out because you're a professional and that's what you need to do but then you know how do you recharge after that because I know that your schedule was pretty tight you were doing you know uh, gig after gig after gig after every night and lots of travel and lots of driving in between and not just that DJing is heavy work um, especially if you are setting up your own stuff um, and a lot of things uh, that you're thinking about, you know, um, I've got my speaker buzzing, um, but I've only got so much time on this timeline. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, let's, so yes, you share. Yeah. That's, you touched on a lot there. Um, I really like that you, you stress how we're, we, uh, we focus on the mood of people and that we need to improve that. Because I, I don't think a lot of people understand, and certainly in it may be more so in the event and mobile world than the club world. Um, I can't say that to a certainty because I haven't really played in clubs for a long time now. But yeah, like you're constantly not only focused on your mixing, your playing, is the equipment working? Are the bride and groom happy? Is is the corporate client happy or anything like that? Like you're pulling the energy of that crowd into you. And that can both be fulfilling in that, wow, it's really working. I'm so excited right now. Let's just keep going. Or you can see that you have a lot more work to do and it might still take you an hour to really grab that crowd. So in the meantime, you're soaking that all in and it can just pile in you like rocks because it's both, why aren't you happy? Why is this not working? Oh crap, that means I'm doing something wrong. Uh, how do we balance that together? And then there's the whole rush when you're done the gig and yeah driving to the next one how do i recharge i never really did um because i was always so on the go i never learned how to recharge i i used to have a very bad habit and i still do a bit um, my wife will attest to this that i will go 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 for six months and then suddenly i wake up one day and i'm sick i'm sweating i'm tired and i'll just check out for the week because I physically can't do anything anymore. And that was a really, really bad lifestyle. I mean, I'm 34, my back hurts, I have gray hair, my knees crack. None of this should be happening at this point in my life. But like I was saying before, the silver lining, and I, I don't mean to make light of COVID, uh, because I know the difficulties it's caused on people and, and the harm, but there's been a real silver lining for me to just understand that like, it's okay it's okay to stop and just take a few days off. So that's something I'm developing still right now. Like even last week, I was, I was progressively getting tired again and having a hard time. And I realized it's because I'm going to work in the morning. I'm coming home. I'm doing my overlays. I'm, I'm going through music. I'm then streaming. I'm then listening to other streams. While I'm at work, I'm chatting with other people on Twitch. Like it, it was just too much to take. So I kind of I think it was last week or a week and a half ago that I was like, okay, it's, it's time to settle back. So I'm not really focusing on growing my channel right now. It's just my recharge right now has to be like sit and just turn off Twitch sometimes, which unfortunately I have to 
say affected us yesterday on the raid train because I had a really hard day at work and I usually keep up to date with all of you and watch every stream and like share you on Instagram and I just couldn't yesterday it was a time I needed off so I apologize for that but that's my recharge and that's my biggest advice to any of you like if you need to just take a moment away from this or whatever it is you do in your life there's going to be a tomorrow so call in sick if you have to it's there's nothing wrong with that yes you're the boss so you know um give yourself a break but it's hard because when you are the boss you know the ship won't like it's you know how do you for me it's always been will this ship run if i am if i take a break you know what am i gonna miss um i have i think we all suffer from this we have like serious cases of fomo uh fear of missing out is huge um and you know you want to be in the know you don't want to miss out on anything but to a degree that could really be to your um uh kind of downfall when you were saying about your body breaking down and all of a sudden you're getting sick oh man i can absolutely re relate to that i think everybody can here um you know you're going to a job with a fever um i have gone to work on crutches, uh, my fingers have been broken and um, still showed up to work. Um, there's girl problems. Uh, I have that. <laughs> so, you know, that's tough, Ben. Yeah, and you know, it's like without getting too 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 deeper into it, but it's just, it's um, when you're a working DJ as much as we are and have been, like there's just an inherent loneliness that comes with it. Like you're you're on the road to your gig alone. You're setting up alone. You're dealing with the whole night of events alone. You are maybe dealing with drunk people, bad behavior, disrespect, all of that alone. You come home at whatever time in the morning. You're sp if you have a spouse, your spouse probably isn't awake. You're alone. You start drinking. Like, I mean, it's just, it's a whole nasty cycle. And actually, I just want to, I haven't been paying attention to the, ch attention to the chat, guys, but I just want to acknowledge uh, DJ Andres Antonio. Um, I had an anxiety attack during a stream, had to push through it. DJs carry a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I get that, man. Like, um, I still, it's funny as an actor, I don't get stage fright and I've never had a problem walking on stage and doing anything, but 17 years as a full-time DJ for the first half hour, at least of every gig, I'm shaking and I'm nervous and the anxiety gets to me. And that happens to me a lot during streams, not as much anymore, but in the beginning with streams. And I think, Andres, that you're still about a month into it or two months into it, still figuring it out. Um, that's totally typical, man. So if you don't like, don't feel like you ever have to power through it, like your followers will come back. They'll come back. Just be like, hey, man, it's not a good day for me right now. Or lie, lie, ah, technical issues, gotta go, like whatever it is. So thanks for sharing that. I feel that uh, on Twitch was nice is, you know, there's 27 people here. I think that's the number. Everybody wants to be in this room. Uh, no one's making you uh, attend a party that you don't want to be at. You're actually actively listening. And that is, uh, you know, your choice. So if you are, I'd say, you know, go straight up and be like, I'm not really feeling super well today. Um, I really want to give so much of myself to you, but you know, that should be super relatable for people to understand and realize, yeah, okay. Um, this guy can take a break. I'll come back and see him when he's well. <laughs> so we hope for that. And just like with our business, uh, our business clients as well. Um, 
you know, at the beginning, you know, you're taking everything on because uh, you want to learn, you want to experience when get those skills be in it. But then at some period, you're going to reach a point of your career where now you're going to be much choosier with the people that you bring on as a client. And a lot of people don't see it that way. Yeah, I think that is the dream as as a a, a self-employed person, entrepreneur, mobile DJ, whatever it is like when I hit the point, I think it was only about five years ago. And I think you and I talked about this on the phone uh, one day was like when I was at the point where I finally felt comfortable turning down clients and saying like, either this relationship isn't going to work or I'm not the DJ for you, or I don't want to work for you. Like whatever it is, that's such a weight off your shoulders. And if you hit that point, you've made it, you know, you've made it. So that's uh i hope you all hit that point someday let's read this here a big part of why we do a two-person show is to give the dj a break to avoid burnout work as security help us get fed etc yes um not everybody has a second in command um unfortunately um you know uh, sometimes most of the time it's just one person doing everything but lucky you you've got somebody that uh will go on uh with you yeah and what would you say to someone considering joining Twitch, but it's on the fence right now? Mm. Um, I listened, I've listened to all of your interviews. Um, so I'm going to have a bit of a different response. I don't mean that as any disrespect to all of you guys whom I love and respect. Um, a lot of people have been saying, just do it. I don't think that's the answer. To me, if you're on the fence, You've already made up your mind. You just don't know it yet. I don't think there's on the fence with this one. You either don't want to do it or you do want to do it, but you don't know why you're afraid or you haven't figured out what's holding you back. If you don't want to do it, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Like, I don't think anybody, of course, the people this is meant for are not going to be hearing this because they're not on Twitch. But if if you if you don't want to do it, it's an area you don't want to jump into because it's not you. Um, it's an effort you don't want to take on, whatever it is. That's okay. Don't feel like just because every DJ is trying it right now that you have to as well. It's maybe not for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. Raul, who's my best friend and business partner, is one of, one of my favorite DJs to this day in the world. He is an incredible DJ. He got a Twitch account. And he was like, this isn't for me. He, he's like, I don't like being in front of a camera. Um, I like a crowd, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. This is not for me. Cool. That's not for him. So he's putting out mixes every day on Mixcloud instead. Find your avenue. It doesn't have to be Twitch. If you're on the fence or on the fence, you do want to do it, but you're afraid somehow. My only advice to you is kind of what I said before. I was a bit intimidated uh, looking at all the people and what they were doing production wise. Try not to be intimidated by it because the best thing that I've learned from Twitch is that our skills as a DJ and our personality still matters more than anything else. There are DJs on this platform that have the best production value, these incredible graphics, these incredible videos, whatever. And at the end of the day, they're still not very good DJs. So I'll check out those channels. 
Um, and I, I realize I'm pretty cynical and like very firm on what I consider a good DJ, but I'll check out those channels. And if they're not a good enough DJ, sorry, I don't go back. On the other hand, there are DJs in their bedroom with a phone doing incredible work and they still have thousands or hundreds of followers. So really, if what you're afraid of is this whole graphic idea and this video production thing, don't worry about it. Just pop a camera and do what you do. You're going to be great. Mm -hmm. Good words. And how would you say if someone is uh, fearful, but they're not exactly quite sure what that fear is, how do you uh, dish that out and uh, acknowledge that? How do you do that? I can say a lot about this as a girl, but what about a dude? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, it's a really, I hate to say pros and cons list, but like, it's an itemized list that you have to write down or like sit down for 10 minutes, write down all the worst case scenarios, all the worst things that could happen from you being on Twitch and then start crossing them off. Cause you're going to see, uh, if you've got a list of 10, you're going to cross off five of those easily. Then you have a list of five. You're probably going to cross out another two fairly easily after that. Then you're left with three challenges for you. Well, that's, that's, you can get over three challenges. That's nothing at all. So identify what it is that's scaring you. Is it being in front of a camera? Is it not having a crowd in front of you? Is it just the tech of it? Whatever it is, like identify those items and reach out to us because we'll help you. We're all still learning this ourselves. Um, we're all, we've all been there. Uh, so just identify really what's holding you back because it's probably not as big as you think. And what would you, if you can, uh, maybe share an experience uh, that um, could inspire others to uh, move in the direction and know that they are, um, you know, uh, in, involved and in charge, if that makes any sense. Um, so maybe share with us an experience that you've gone through personally, if you feel, uh, where you thought that you could not do it. But then you attempted it and you thought to yourself, wow, oh my goodness, I just did it. And that wasn't so bad. Do you mean Twitch specifically? No, anything. Oh, anything. Good. <laughs> there's like there's like a hundred things I could say. Um, I, I'll, I'll stick with Twitch for now, just because. Um, my thing was, like I was saying, so I was on Facebook and Instagram for the longest time. I added Twitch just as that other option so people didn't have to get shut down. Uh, but I never really pushed on it to grow there. It was just an alternative option for the existing followers I had. And when I started getting more into it in August, to me, it was insurmountable. It really was. I was like, I don't even have a big following on other social medias. I have tons of clients. I've been very profitable in my business, thank whomever. But that doesn't transfer to social media for me. So I was like, there's no way I am ever going to build a following on Twitch. Um, so I didn't, I didn't bother growing. I didn't bother making fancy graphics or anything like that. It was just something I couldn't deal with. And then it, one day, this is how easy it was. I'm not even kidding. One day I was watching another stream at work. I forget whose stream. I think it was John Zamora. And I said one thing in the chat, like great mix or whatever. And this other DJ came on and said, hi. So I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? 
that easy. He followed me and then watched my stream that night and said, this was the end of August and said, hey, I'm doing a Labor Day party this weekend. It's called a raid party. He explained the whole thing to me. And he's like, you're in it. And I was like, wait, what? He's like, you're in it. That happened. And I'm telling you three weeks later, 300 followers. Like, it's it's not hard. If you can find yourself two hours to just engage with a few people on it, you've got it. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And on that note, uh, we're going to have a little musical break uh, with DJ uh, Little Fever. Um, but I just want to share with you this link. Uh, this is personal to Mr. DJ On Point here. Uh, if you've enjoyed the interview, if I've missed a question, what do you want to see uh, DJ On Point do on his streams that you have not seen before? Uh, those are going to be information that I'm definitely sure that DJ On Point would love to know uh, because he wants to know how to best serve you and how, yeah, how we can all best serve each other here. So, yes, and a couple more comments here. Uh, thank you. Great DJs, better people. Thanks, man. Stress. Love you, stress. Yeah. Wow. And Evolved Entertainment, thank you so much. Um, I want to talk forever uh, with you because yeah. GT is awesome. We actually were on a call for like, I think, four or five hours um, <laughs> not too long ago. Yeah, not too long ago. But uh, we're going to have a small little break. We're going to uh, raid DJ Little Fever right here. And then we have, let's take a look at the program here, um, music with uh, Low Fever and then music with yourself again, right? That's what I've yeah. got. Yep, and then we're back with a Low Fever interview number two because there were some questions uh, that I had sent on his link and there was a really great answer and we're gonna do a part two of that. So just hang around. <laughs> and always love Pri. Give a big shout out to Pri for all the work she's doing. I threw that in quickly. Oh, uh, thanks so much. Thank you. Oh, thank you. You are the best. And yep. I think this raid is going through. I'm using StreamYard, but now I got to go to Twitch here and see going if that's through. actually going through. Stress. Thanks so much. That was a nice comment. Thank you. Thank you, guys. In the survey, too, you can tell me I suck. I don't mind that. Be like, hey, shut up. Don't talk for so long. <laughs> All right. I don't know why this is not. Oh, OK. There we go. I'm just being impatient. Um, hello. We'll go through the comments here. Thank you for following DJ Chicken Scratch. Thank you so much. Yeah, DJ Chicken Scratch. Ba -ba 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 -bow. Ba -ba -ba -bow. Mr. Convo, that is okay. It's going to be on my uh, channel um, for rewatch. Thank you, Fufu Amor. Thank you, Speed Free, for being here. DJ506, we see you. DJ Irv, you are awesome. We love you. Hey, Mr. DJ, we love you too. We just love all of you. Dancer Krista, of course, we love you. Wifey, <laughs> yeah, this is wifey. Uh, I think we're off. I think the okay. raid gone through. Has the raid gone through? Go through? I'm not sure. Did it go through? Let me check. I have two computers going. Hmm. Did it go through? I'm not sure. I think it went through. Yes, it did. I see a little fever over here on my right. Okay. I see him with 14. Um, oh, there we go. Someone had said raid. Did that work? Okay. I'm ending the broadcast. Okay. Thank All you. Right. Oh, um, you'll still be on with me.
And that is it, guys. That is the end of the interviews on this podcast. Just two on this podcast now. So let me know what you liked, did not like, and absolutely loved uh, about DJ On Point's interview. Uh, you can uh, click on the link that's in the description box to leave a voice message that I could possibly add to this podcast here. Whether that is a just, uh, you know, give us what your ba- biggest takeaways were. We would love to hear. Um, and if you have not checked it out, Sam's, which is DJ F Sharp, his website is evolvedentertainment.com. And we have rhythmforce.com, which is G- DJ On Point's uh, website. So if you guys are in the area of either of those two, um, since they're both in Ontario, and you're looking for DJs, they're the ones to go to. All right. Again, like I said before, uh, if there were some amazing takeaways or something that inspired you or a piece of information that you know that somebody else may benefit from, please give them the link to share. Right on. And again, you can catch me on twitch.tv slash imdjpre. And you can find me on Instagram as imdjpre. I hope you're having a fabulous day and hope that uh, you really enjoyed this podcast and got a lot out of it. Thank you. You rock.